God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. Every week, it seems like we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, but we're holding on to hope. I'm wearing a Titans shirt today because I'm hoping just showing them some kind of fandom. You know, I know Scott does it well enough, but showing some kind of fandom will bring them along and show them, you know, that it's worth it to be safe and be healthy. I'm your host, previous champion, Andrew Gelblatt, joined by my co-host, two-time champion, your commissioner and set current Sacco, Andrew Seiler, and our guest this week. He doesn't have any really prominent accolades in the league, but we love him anyway. Scott Anderson. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be in the uh, ANA box on your podcast. <laughs> okay, so let's. So before we even dive into anything, usually what we talk to our guests about how their season's going so far. Obviously, if you're a listener of this podcast, some of our hosts here thought that Scott's team going into the season were really going to come out with a bang. That, of course, is not what has happened. Uh, why don't you talk us through your draft, how you felt coming out of it, what you think you could have done better. The season's also not over. It's, there's still plenty. I mean, maybe it might be over from COVID, but there's still so much time to make up ground. How are you feeling right now? Um, I feel like my team's underperformed. I think I've also am not getting the good end of the COVID situation. But then again, it could just get a lot worse for everyone. Yeah. From the draft, there's one thing that as soon as I took the pick, I wanted back immediately to pick someone else. And that was when I took Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson was still on the board, and I just didn't think he was. And I, I value Russell Wilson more than Deshaun just because I've seen Deshaun play, and I'm kind of biased against people in the AFC South often. Mm-hmm. And I just goofed. Uh, normally, I would think it wouldn't be that bad, but that's cost me games flat out. Like, if I had Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year, I uh, would definitely have at least one more win. Yeah, I think that is definitely one of the reasons why Siler and I both rank why it seems so highly is that Russell Wilson pick. So that's unfortunate. But, of course, the season's not over, and you're only two games back from your division. So there's definitely plenty of room for you to pick up steam. Siler, how are you doing today? I know we're all a little shaken with this news with COVID, what's going to happen with the league, what's going on with the Titans. How are you feeling about all of this? What do you hope happens? What do I hope happens? I mean, it seems like the best case scenario from like Adam Schefter is that the game gets postponed to Tuesday. Not sure if we've ever even had Tuesday night football in the history of football. Um, Nate, please, Elias Sports Bureau, look that up for us, please. Um, But it sucks that we don't know what's going to happen. And we'll, I guess we can try to figure it out. But hopefully the game happens on Tuesday. Then the Bills... Chiefs game next week gets moved to Sunday and then there's no other fantasy bullshit that comes from it so that's the best case in my opinion yeah because you've been under as commissioner you've been under a lot of scrutiny over the last few weeks how are you feeling about all that there's been a lot of angry conversations in our group chats how you know and I think some people bring up some fair points I think you know two weeks ago Scott and I were both on the same side of this conversation of there should be some kind of rule about these people on COVID and now you have people trying to bring up points of well if we're making a rule about this why can't we make rules about that but to them I would say why are you not bringing rules to the table to kind of help this conversation along how, how are you dealing with all this right now it must be very stressful especially living in this COVID world. Yeah it's definitely stressful in this COVID world but I think I initially did the rule because we needed to do something. It was an unprecedented situation. Um, And I felt that that was, I think it's the first time I've really used my executive commission powers. Um, And I think something needed to be done because this is just unheard of. And I'm fine if Brian wants to propose a rule, but as of now, it's not like anything's really different from what we did last week. If, the game on Tuesday or hopefully it happens on Tuesday, but if that goes through, it's exactly the same and we don't have to change the rules. Given that Brian, feel free to recommend a situation or a rule change and we can all talk about it. But as of now, we're just going to power through with what we did last week. Cause I think one of the biggest things and maybe something we didn't think of going into the season, Scott, let me know how you, I know you've been passionate about these topics. So I know you're probably dying to chime in is that the COVID exempt list is different than if your team has to not play a game. We haven't gotten to that point yet because the game that was missed was a buy, 
but I can only imagine, you know, if this Titans game gets delayed again, they're not going to give them another buy. So I think the point people in the league are making is that do those players on those, that team, are they allowed to go on the IR so that they can then pick up someone else to replace them? Thoughts, gentlemen? Um, I mean, it affects my team directly. Obviously, that would benefit me. Right. So if possible, like, if we someone propose it, I think I would vote for it because it's in my interest. But I don't necessarily think that has to be done. I think what we did last week didn't really affect anything. All it does is let you help you, not even help anyone, but if you're uncertain about a game being played, you can instead use a bench player. You still have had them rostered. It doesn't really doesn't really change much from that perspective. But now we're going to the second week, and I have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and John Smith, so it kind of directly affects me. Yeah. Where there's a more likely than not, the game will not be played this week. And it might just be a forfeit or it might be they try to reschedule either way. Yeah, I think that's the weird thing with this situation is that it would be amazing if the league would just say, hey, the game is canceled now, like today. The fact that they're making us wait until Tuesday to know if it's going to happen is what's causing all these issues because then you don't know if you had to pick up someone to replace them, right? Like if, if, if the league said today, hey, we're canceling the game, then we could come up with some rules saying like, hey, if the game is canceled and it's not a bye week, then you can put them on IR and you could, you know, to free up bench space to fill in those players. The fact that we have this variable of the week keeps pushing the games further and further back, I think that's what's preventing us from making a specific rule in this scenario. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And the league is just praying that there's no more COVID positive tests because they don't even know what the hell they're going to do at this point. Um but as Scott said, I think the rule that's in place can only help you and it doesn't hurt you. Um, in Brian's specific situation that he was talking about, not having a backup QB, you can drop a player and just have a backup QB. I don't think that's the end of the world. Um, Deshaun Jackson has done literally nothing. Um, but as we said, Brian, feel free to propose something and we can all talk about it. Also, the other factor of this, this happened to me last week. I did literally did not have another backup running back on my team. So I they had an unexpected buy, which is pretty much the same situation that Brian really finds himself in. He didn't plan ahead to have a backup for a pl- his player being out. And you have to drop someone. Right. I mean, at some point, he was going to have to drop someone for a backup quarterback when Josh Allen had his buy. The issue we're in right now, though, is that he doesn't – It's it's like a preemptive move. It's like, I wouldn't do it if, I guess that's a question to you, commissioner. If, if the game does happen, do we allow the person to revert their waiver claim? Do we say that people, I know this makes it more complicated, but let's say you drop a player specifically for a backup because they might not play on Tuesday, but they do end up playing. Can that person then make an immediate reversal of that, that waiver claim? No, I don't, I don't think so. And even last week, I had to pick up uh, uh, the kicker. I had to pick up Daniel Carlson, former Minnesota Viking, on my bench and have two kickers just in case the Kansas City game didn't happen. So I think that's fair and it sucks, but I think that that's a better alternative than you just getting no points at all. Yep. Right. Okay. That's fair. I think this was a very, very thoughtful and well done conversation. Very you know, not no animosity. There was no shapes thrown towards anyone. So I think kudos to us for this, but let's move on to our regular plan show. You know how this works, guys. We got our recap of last week, go into any waiver wire claims, talk about our power rankings, which Scott, I'm hoping did this time as opposed to last year. We gave him at least three days notice and it makes it seem like he did, but we'll have to wait and see. And then we'll move on to our predictions for the week. So I like to just jump in right into our guest game first. So we had Scott against Nate, which was pretty much a do or die game for Scott. Both teams going in 0-3. Scott pulls out the win 112-87 to with big performances by Adam Thielen, Devontae Parker, and a, a coming back story from Deshaun Watson. Nate, on the other hand, very poor performances all around outside of Patrick Mahomes. Were you nervous at all at any point during this matchup, Scott? I don't remember exactly how the games, like what times the games were and how the, if they were close. I know going into the 
Chiefs game, you had no more players going. So basically it was like if Patrick Mahomes gets 40 points, it's over. Yeah, I was very nervous initially um, before like everything started. I thought if Deshaun Watson was ever going to have a good game, Brandon Cooks would get a lot more than zero points. Um, so that ended up washing out the fact that I got zero value from Chris Thompson and helped negate the fact that I basically couldn't start Derrick Henry that week. Yeah. No, you got lucky because I, I think something we've always said on this podcast is that the one weakness with your team is your lack of running back depth. And you were a little bit exposed this week, but lucky for you, a goose egg from Brandon Cooks and poor performances from Noah. Oh, well, not even poor performances. Noah Fant got hurt in the in the game. So that really helped you out a lot. And, you know, Adrian Peterson and James Robinson having weaker performances than you would expect from them gives you the win. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you don't expect to usually win if you're missing your first two picks. I mean, also missing right. You also usually don't expect to win with 112 points. I, I, the saying here on the podcast is 130 points, you're good to go. Obviously, the next matchup I'm about to talk about with myself, that was not the case. But uh, you had myself against Siler. Uh, nothing. It's, it's, this is a tough matchup to say. I mean, Siler, obviously, if I give you stats like Siler beat me by, you know, 65 points, you would think like, wow, your team must have had a bad day. My team had a very solid performance, putting up its typical 130-plus points. Siler just having huge days from Aaron Rodgers and whatever, Robert Toyin, is that his name? In addition, <laughs> with, in addition to Joe Mixon putting up literally the amount of points he had had all season up until that, really buried me with that one. Of course, it's difficult to, you know, being 2-1, and one, going down to 2-2. Two and two. Siler, must, you must love going up to 3-1, and one, but it's one of those things where I – it's, it stinks that I lost, but I accept, you know, it's not like I was, I put up 50 points and I have to worry about my team right now. Yeah. So I'll just say I, your team really did impress me that it did put up 133. I thought they would not be able to put up that much, but the reason that my team performed so well is I kept playing this over and over in the locker room. Uh, this is a clip from our week one podcast. And I asked you why you thought I was the ninth ranked team in the entire league. So here we go. The main reason for me is that I don't see a lot of players on your team that are going to have those huge win me the game games. Like you have very solid players across the board. Like you have guys that are going to put up like 10, 15 points consistently but you don't have that guy on your team who's going to blow up for 30 points, 35 points in a week. So I find it very hard to win leagues or win games if you don't have a guy like that. And All right. So I kept playing that over and over. No, I get it. I get it. And the second you said that, I knew exactly what clip you were about to pull up. <laughs> um, and, you know, Robert Tanyan, I picked him up. I played him that clip, and he really hurt me for that Monday night game. So good job, team. And uh, – Keep up the good performances. Yeah, no, it was a good performance by you. And you'll see it reflected in the power rankings. Next, we had Wyatt against Noah. This was our, our Ravens-Chiefs game, as we will be now calling them. Wyatt, I think a, a few of us, I think I might have had Wyatt winning this game and Noah just slapping our wrists. Even though he has poor performances from his running backs, he has tremendous games from Odell Beckham, George Kittle, and Amari Cooper, each with 30-plus, 30, 35-plus points. You know, Wyatt's team due to have some strong performances from Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, and Russell Wilson, but just the other, the rest of his team were not able to match that. And I think it's very telling of Wyatt's team and kind of showed a little chink, chink in his armor. Chink in his armor? Chink is not a good word. I shouldn't say that on there. I think it's kink in his armor. No, I think it is chink. No, I think chink is like a bad word for like someone who's Asian. Don't say that. <laughs> I think I think that That's was a word. It's an insult. I think that was that's like that's wait, like wait, wait, wait so what what's the expression, Scott? Kink. I think it's there's like, no way kink in the armor makes sense. Someone Google this. You, uh, Siler, keep talking about the matchup. I'll Google it. Okay, so yes, as Gelbot said, Dalvin Dalvin's running like a man possessed. Russell Wilson's MVP type season, but Wyatt's other players did not perform well. Jimmy Graham, Wyatt was hoping that since. Um, Nick Foles is the QB that he would step up and be a TE1. Didn't happen. And Noah's team is just storming right through with Odell having 39 points and George Kittle newly 
George Kittle's first start on Noah's team, having a ridiculous day of over 175 pass or receiving yards, and Noah's team is looking real hot right now. So, according to the internet, the 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 correct way to spell the expression is C H I N K in the armor. So yeah, I don't, that's what we said. Right, that's what we said, but Scott, I, as you saw from my expression, as I was saying it, I know that also is a derogatory term for a, a certain group of people, so uh, we will just move past this and just know we that. We are a politically correct podcast. We know, we know, I pronounced the way I thought it was spelt, which was C-H-I-N-K, so we can move past that from there. Next up, we had Caniglio against Dane, which we all thought was going to be a blowout, which it was, but not even from Caniglio having a super strong performance, more just showing how weak Dane's team is, 138 to 82. Caniglio really riding the coattails of Dak Prescott, 44 points. Allen Robinson with Nick Foles looks like a revived wide receiver, and Terry McLaurin had a solid game. We'll have to see how he does now that Dwayne Haskins isn't playing anymore. On the flip side, Dane did get a good performance from DJ Shark, but outside of that, really just showing why he's been the bottom-ranked team on our podcast for a while now. Scott, how do you feel about Dane's team? I know he's getting Michael Thomas back soon. Do you think that's going to be a huge improvement? No. <laughs> um, Drew Brees doesn't look the same. Obviously, having Michael Thomas would help him significantly. But, I mean, if you added 30 more points onto his team, he still would have lost pretty handedly so like how how there's too much too many other weaknesses yeah i agree i i think i i think while i'm not trying to say caniglio's team doesn't deserve this win i think it's just it was just a dane is just going to be that team this year he might literally go 0 and 13 for all we know it's it's going to be tough for him unless some of those rookie players he has on his bench like zach moss start well, Josh Kelly is starting, so at least he has that going for him. Yeah, but, exactly. Josh Kelly and Zach Moss. I mean, and Michael Thomas coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if Dane starts pulling off a few wins. I'm, you know, I I wouldn't be too upset if he. I think he plays Russell this week, so that would be nice if he could pull out a win. But next game we had, and I like this name a lot better now that the Corals has changed it. We have Alvin Kamara Harris. Okay, all right. Her name against Raheem the Dream Mostert. Uh, Coral's team pulls out the W138 to 109. Great games from Mike Evans and Mark Andrews, while Russ did get a good performance from Lamar Jackson and Diggs. Everyone else pretty much performed on average. And I think that, again, I won't use that expression again, but showing a little weakness in Russell's team <laughs> being exposed. I don't know. I, I, Scott, I don't know. How do you feel about Russell and Corals' team in, in, in general? I think Corals' team, in my mind, bounced up and down a lot, but. Yeah, I've definitely, sometimes I'm kind of down on Corey's team, and then other times I'm Corals' team because uh, they both work on it. But other times I'm kind of down on it. But Alvin Kamara has just been tearing it up, yeah. um, which is just a fact but Stafford's going to be super inconsistent. And I don't like Sanders. Mike Evans is benefiting from Chris Godwin not playing. So, but when Godwin's in, he's, Godwin gets targeted more. I don't know. I, but the upside's there, which is good. Yeah, which is no, I mean, they've shown their upside. And they don't even have A.J. Brown flying, and they're still playing as well. So, I think, I think it's interesting that they traded for John Brown, and they gave up Waller, and then they benched him against Las Vegas. I mean, he didn't have a great game, but I just thought that was interesting that they chose to play Darius Slayton over him. And McKinnon, I understand, but uh, I just figured that they would value him more for training Darren Waller. But well, Was it the right choice? Um, it was the right choice by 0.1 points. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I just think it's interesting they traded a highly valued tight end and didn't start that person. That's all. No. Yeah. That's a good point. And, no, what's that? Very good point. Yeah. Uh, in our last matchup, we had my brother Brian Glassbones and Paper against the Fresh Prince of Hellair. Of course, Lee is the first team to be significantly impacted by these COVID uh, move games. Of course, this isn't an. an I, I will want to. I do want to say though that, that this scenario was inevitable for him. Like eventually, the Steelers were going to be on a buy. So. While we made a big deal of it, it this in this specific case, I don't think it was as 
crazy because I, you know, in a perfect world, if things go as planned, the Steelers will now play the remainder of their games and he'll never have the scenario again. So Lee puts up 46 points, which is, you know, he, he I'm, I'm very glad to see that he made waiver wire moves. He tried to, 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 to roster a full team, but Brian was able to slip through with just 108 points, which Brian's team, if Julio does not come back, is not looking good. No, it is not looking good if Julio doesn't come back. But um, I think Brian got very fortunate that he played Lee this week. Lee, I'm actually shocked you even had 47 points this week. I consider that a win for the lineup that you were shelling out there. Um, Somehow you picked up the only defense to get negative points that week, though. So. Uh, I will knock you for that one. And and what's amazing, I looked, I think Calvin Ridley is still the number one ranked fantasy wide receiver, and he had zero points last week. He had zero points, really? Yeah. No catches. Wow. That's kind of crazy, actually. Okay. So that was the recap, unless there's anything else you guys want to note about any matchups. I do want to say I would have beaten half the teams and more than half the teams in the league, so... While I am two and two in my mind, I'm still four and zero. Oh. I would just say, because of the COVID situation, and if you look at Lee's team, if it happens again, like, like the Steelers just don't play again for another week, he's automatically taking a loss every time that happens. Based on this, after this week, yeah, that's a, that's fair. I, I think it's a risk you take. It's a weird risk because it's a risk you would have never – normally the only risk you think of when you're taking guys on a whole team, it's like, oh, well, I, may, I need to make sure I have their backups in case they they get hurt. But now he's really reliant on – you know, and I think Mike Tomlin keeps a, a tight locker room. I don't think these guys are really trying to go out and, you know, there's no Antonio Brown there anymore who's going to be bringing COVID into them. It's, it's also the other teams that you play. Yeah, I, I, I think they need to abolish this shaking hands after the game thing. I think everyone should just, the game ends and everyone leaves. What, what is the point of everyone shaking hands? You're just, it's potential for people to spread it more. That's that happened in the Jets game against the Broncos. The Broncos won and they were just, and the coach was like, get the fuck out of here, guys. Like, we don't need to shake the Jets. <laughs> so let's just get off the field. So COVID related. They just, they just thought there was going to be a brawl. Oh, I did not realize that. Uh, I think that's a, a big step they should take is just ban the handshake after the game. I agree. And Lee, I, I know you're a listener of the podcast now and, and you love being invested in the stock market. I'm going to use some terms. You're a little overexposed. Uh, you know, you have too much exposure with Steelers players. You need to diversify your assets a little bit. And uh, just in case the Steelers have another COVID situation. <laughs> also, you need to, you know, cut ties with the Cowboys defense. Sunk cost. (laughs) (laughs) That is a sunk cost. Okay, so that was our recap. Moving on to waiver wire this week. Not a ton of activity, just quickly skimming over it. Uh, I would say notable mentions is is Nate spending $12 on Corey Davis to then get put on the COVID IR list, which is kind of hilarious. We had myself picking up Miko Hardman for for $6 a Huge pickup by Let's Go COVID for Greg Ward on Philly for $25. No, Dernest. The, the, the Ernest? Oh, sorry, Dernest Johnson, which is, I guess, a good It's a good pickup on his end if something were to happen to – I mean, Nate's playing smart. He's playing from behind. He's playing how we well, should. I would, I, I would expect Hunt to have a similar role. Like, I think that uh, the Ernest Johnson is going to fill more the Chubb role of like rushing on early downs and then hunt might still be that receiving back too. So I, I think they're both going to have a role going forward. So I agree. I think it's a great pickup. Yeah. And that was really it. So Scott, how have you been, how's your waiver wire activity been this season? Have you been active? How much fab do you still have? Do you I feel like you my money. guys? Yeah, I have most of my cap still. I haven't really found someone I really wanted to take like the plunge on. And I've had times where I would have put a lot of money into players that, like a one week later, I wouldn't have valued it at all. So I'm kind of glad I haven't spent as much because I probably would have been kind of meaningless. You really, honestly, for the free agent budget, I feel like you either really have to find someone you want to put like 40% of your money in from the start, or it's just not worth it trying to get some value each and every week or for someone like trying to just guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, especially in our league, it's funny to read these ESPN articles where they'll say something in, in the in the way of, oh, 
so-and-so is available in, in 79% of leagues and there's no way they're going to be available in our league. I think to myself, how is this person, how is, how was Mike? Da- I remember when, when Christian McCaffrey got hurt and I, it was like, Oh, Mike Davis is available in 76% of leagues. How is that? How could you have Christian McCaffrey and not just take Mike Davis as a flyer? Like, Oh, just in case, like, I'll just keep him on my bench. Hopefully God, you know, God, God giving, I'll never have to use him. I, I, I don't, our league is so good with the waiver wires that it's really hard to find those diamonds in the rough. Yeah, you have to find them weeks in advance. Okay, so our next segment is our power rankings. And with Scott on the show, of course, our power rankings are brought to you by Villamonte. Villamonte in the Morton Village Shopping Center. Go in there. They have some great slices. I'm a big fan of the the um, the sweet and spicy chicken slice. I know we have two big fans of the chicken alavaca slice in here. Scott, what's your favorite part about the chicken alavaca slice? Vodka sauce. The vodka. Vodka. Not the chicken. Not the chicken. Tyler, I got it. I mean, Scott and I used to buy the vodka sauce and bring it up to Buffalo, so I also have to say the vodka sauce. It's funny you guys say that because I actually talked spoke with Monte yesterday, and they're willing to give us fifty percent off bottles of vodka if you go in there and use promo code RRIP. That's fifty percent off uh, a minimum. You have to purchase seventy two jars of vodka sauce, but fifty percent off seventy two jars of vodka sauce using code RRIP. So, guys, it really helps support the show. Go in there, show Monte some love. So, Scott, with power rankings, what we like to do is we like to have our guests start from bottom to top go one at a time and, you know, let's, let's talk through the rankings and kind of cause Siler and I at this point have very similar rankings. So it's more fun to kind of, to go through yours and see where you might differentiate and talk about why we think you're wrong. So why don't you start off with number 12 for us, which I have a feeling might be the same number 12 as we have, but we have to start there anyway. It's Dane. Uh, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like Dane's team, there's very few aspects I like. Um, I'm gonna try to pull it up now, but yeah. I, he's just underperforming in every single possible way. And even if he had Michael Thomas, I don't think it would have made much of a difference based on the amount of points he's scoring. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. He does have he has the least points for and the second most points against. So that's obviously a combination you would not like to have. But even so, having the least points for kind of dictates that you have the worst league mathematically, the worst team mathematically. Yeah, I I don't have too much to add there. I mean, he's just gotten unlucky with people like Kenyon Drake, who, you know, people, you know, you were hoping he broke out. He just didn't. And the rest of your team is really underperforming, just like they said. All right, Scott, who do you have at 11? I have Nate. Nate's just had an unfortunate year. And... I mean, it's obvious by his team name, Let's Go COVID. Uh, I think he's trying to make the best of it, but sometimes you just, like, get unlucky. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Nate is sitting at the second most points for, or second least points for, but actually sits very low on the points against. He only has the fifth, he has the fifth, the fifth least points against with uh, 472 versus, just for comparison, I have the most at 600. So, he, he, he could have, there are probably some opportunities he could have taken advantage of if he had a full strength roster, but like we've all been saying to lose both Saquon Barkley and to lose, I believe it was, who was the receiver on Denver that he lost fairly early on? Yeah. That's kind of tough. Yeah. Although I I'll give him a lot of credit though. He is piecing his team together kind of well and has some dimes in the rough, like Deontay Johnson and James Robinson. So he, he'll definitely get a few more wins this year, but he's still one of the worst teams in the league right now. I think he's definitely fighting to not be last place. He doesn't want to eat that. He doesn't want to be the first two-time cake eater. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. Okay, Scott, how about your 10? My 10 um, was late. Um, I actually like Lee's team, but I feel like what happened with um the Steelers and the the COVID situation because they have to also play the Titans again which really scares me um like if they're not playing for another week he's just going to take free losses even though I think his teams could be good but I feel like it's a unique risk for him interesting so I have Lee actually at seven I I, I, I did bump him down one one place because of 
this oversaturation of Steelers players and him being exposed that way. But I still do think he has a fairly good team that'll put up solid points and beat state. He'll beat the teams he's supposed to be, and he probably will lose to the teams he's supposed to lose against. Well, yeah, I I had Lee at four last week and maybe it's unfair of me to drop him to nine because of the week that he had. But um, you know, whenever you put up 40 something points in a week, which is close, which is shocking that Corey put up less than that. Yeah. Um, after what Lee just has to go through. But uh, anytime you put up 40 points like that, it's a little concerning. And that's why I have you at nine. Yeah. And if we look at his, so Lee is currently, it's actually interesting. Lee is third to last in points four at 430, but is sitting at, uh, if we look at, he's sitting right in the middle for points against. So he's actually, I feel like we might, we might be overvaluing. Lee's well, I think that a lot of that is because he just put out 40 points. Right. There. Right. That's fair. That's touche. touche. Yeah, so that's why I said, like, if it happens again, that's just such, such a huge knock again. Like that's the only, that's, that's the main concern. If that, that, that happens again for us soon. Yeah. All right, Scott, who do you have after Lee at, at 10? It wasn't Lee at 10? Yeah, okay. So Brian at 9? Okay, I have him there too. I Yeah, I have him at 10. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe Scott, you can expand on it after you pull up his team, but I think he went very wide receiver heavy, and unfortunately Julio Jones has not been that star player, and the running backs he invested in are just kind of all duds at this point. David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Cam Akers. He's coming back this week. Could be good. Mm-hmm. But Leonard Fournette. It, it, it'll be interesting to see where his team shakes out. But as it is right now, he, this running back roulette he's going to have to play, it's going to be frustrating for him. And his wide receivers, which are supposed to be set and forget, are not going to be that with Julio possibly hurt. So keeps him pretty low. Uh, I mean, I think I agree 100%, especially if Julio is going to have to deal with all these injuries. Uh, some pleasant surprises, though, aside from obviously Josh Allen. Darren Waller, I thought, would have a much downgraded year because they added a few pieces. But I don't know if Ruggs has been hurt or yeah. what it is, but they just throw every single pass to Darren Waller. They have they don't care about anybody else. Um, so that was a great trade that he made. And Brandon Ayuk, who had that really – I don't know if that's how I actually ever pronounced his last name. But how he had that amazing yeah. – What was that, Scott? I just yelled, Iuga. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think he could have a lot of potential for him going forward. And the fact that this rookie wide receiver class was CD Lamb, Jefferson, Iuga, and uh, uh, and Jerry Judy is like crazy that they're all doing this well so early. But Brian, I mean, based on what Gelba was saying with your with Julio being hurt and you know your bench being very questionable, that's why I had you so low. Yeah. Who's the idiot after Brian? Well, yeah, I didn't explain Brian's team, but it was much okay. the same things. Like, honestly, you guys all said it all. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. Injury yeah. time. Um, then after Brian, I had myself. Um, although if the Titans continue not to be able to play for COVID, I doubt I'm going to be able to move up anywhere. <laughs> um, my team, yeah. my wide receiver depth is good, but obviously with, I have no running back depth. And that hurts. And Deshaun Watson's been underperforming. And then, well, my wide receiver depth is actually really good. I have three wide receivers in the top 15 in scoring. And that's with Chris Scott and Mayer. Yeah. And you have, then you have Devontae Parker. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I, I have you at 10. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, your team just hasn't been performing as well as Siler predicted at the start of the year. It was something I did predict at the start of the year though. So kudos to me i will say this it took me having to tell Siler to stop picking me to win i did i did i listened i listened. I called him one of the one of the weeks he picked me to win i told him to stop please stop you're gonna make me lose um i had you at eight i agree with you scott and i feel like now that bill o'brien's gone this is like the perfect situation where deshaun watson's about to have the game of his entire season against the jaguars so i think you have that going for you I'm going to need it. It's a big, big matchup. Okay, so that was your, what, that was your seven? You had yourself at seven? 
I'm myself at eight. At eight. Okay. So who do you have at seven? I have corals. Oh, I've met six. Yeah, I have six also. But go ahead, Scott. Corals with the fantastic name change, by the way. We're we're all fans of it here. By the way, I looked on the recent activity page and it shows when name changes are made. And they had one name change before that one. So they changed from rugs really tied the room together to hoop, there it is. <laughs> so I think that they ended up with the right choice. For who? Who do they have that's hoop? That's why I couldn't find them. That's great. They have uh, Hooper. They went from some of the worst names to one of the best names. They're playing, they're playing Austin Hooper over Mark Andrews this week. Oh, he might be hurt. Their team name alone is a roller coaster ride this year. But Scott, Scott, go ahead. You can yeah. say what you have them at. On their team, I feel like their team has basically been like benefiting from Alvin Kamara just like popping off. Um, Jared Coffson also playing really well. And Mike Evans has kind of benefited from Goblin just being hurt at, in games and then just not playing. They kind of got I liked I liked their tight ends, but they also had that strategy of drafting too many tight ends, and somehow they're now going to start somebody off of the waiver wire. Um, so despite the amount of investment they made in the draft, it, the other part of it is A.J. Brown, I don't think is going to be playing this week, um, even if the Titans do play. So they haven't gotten any value out of him. And there's just the top end, I feel like, They've scored some of their better weeks, and I don't know that they're going to get better, ever score more than that, but I could see them scoring less. So that's interesting. So you feel like they've, from a season-long average standpoint, they've been way above their mean and that it's going to start deviating back towards the mean? I feel like they've had a lot of some of like their good weeks. Um, they could, I mean, they could prove me wrong, continue having a lot more of them, but I feel like they're probably going to be some like worse weeks coming start bringing their average down yeah i agree with you i think you you hit all the points i've been thinking of they do have a solid starting lineup but i will be interested to see what happens during their bye weeks how they handle those yeah and mckinnon who who was filling in really nice for their injuries at running back now i think most are supposed to be back this week so that hurts him and miles sanders he's on the eagles who absolutely stink so I, I don't know what that's going to mean for his fantasy value this year either, but um, I, I, I tend to agree with you though, Scott. I feel like th- they've hit their, they've peaked and I, and I feel like their best weeks are behind them, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, Scott, who do you got at those your six? So now this is going to six, right? Uh, you tell me you, you, I don't know. Look at your list. So six is, this is Noah's team. Noah? Talking to me. Yeah, let me take a look again. I did not like his team as much as I thought I was going to based on, like, his record. Wow, Noah is going to be shook right now. So For the record, Scott, I have him at one. I have Noah at one, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Let's hear this reaction number, Scott. This is why we bring guests on. Otherwise, there are no wrong answers. These are all just opinions. What's the team name? Is this Josh Jacobs? Josh yeah, Jacobs, Wilheimer yeah. Schmidt. That sounds all right. Like, he has a lot of points, but I feel like Tyler Murray isn't – okay, I do not believe in Odell Beckham. I feel like I had him last year, and, like, last week he scored three touchdowns. None of them came from the QB. And you would rather have consistent performance there to actually believe in, like, Odell, and I don't believe in him. Okay. I think he's also benefiting from Dallas just being on a ridiculous, like, force to, like, throw the ball because their defense sucks so much, and they can't manage to get anything together. So Dak's been on, like, a ridiculous, like, historic tear. But once they realize they could just run the ball down, like, a bad team's throat, like the Giants, um, they might not have to pass as much. And then you'll see Amari Cooper come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um cool. I do like Josh Jacobs. Antonio Gibson popped off last week. And if he's really good, I can definitely see him moving up. But I still have a lot of question marks before I just believe one week, especially uh, a running back on the Washington team. Yeah, um, I think a big thing also is Austin Eckler getting hurt for a while. 
Yeah, Eckler is now kind of down. And once you take Eckler out of the equation, I, I just think his team, it's still good, but far more beatable. Um, it's just, it's beatable for, I think, any of the teams above him and kind of near him. Hmm. And that's, that could just cause him to lose games. Okay, interesting. So I, I mean, I agree with you at some points. I think from, a, you know, he might be regressing more towards, you know, he might have been overextending, but he, he does have a team that could put up. He has, as Siler just quoted with me, I would say he has a team more than Siler who has players that could, <laughs> like, I'm not as surprised that those players were putting up 38 points that we listed before when going over the recap. So I still, I think he has a very strong roster. I, I have met number one. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree. I have him at one also. And Scott, I agree with Odell that he's not going to do that for the rest of the season, honestly. But maybe I'm biased here. But the fact that he has Justin Jefferson, who is just like making play after play for the last, I mean, they've only really played him for the last two weeks for the most part. And he's at 100 yards in the past two weeks. And if you care about PFF, he's number one in whatever their bullshit rankings are. But I think having him to eventually fill in for Odell Beckham when Odell starts slumping is going to be huge for him. And his roster is, that's, I don't really see much of it. He has to play that. He has to try to make that decision. When is Odell not going to be playing well anymore? And when do I put Justin Jefferson in, who he's a rookie, so he might really have some good games, but then not so good games. Like, yeah. they're going to be inconsistent. He has to make that decision perfectly. Yeah, and, that's tough, but I think... But yeah, I, think, I, I think with Noah's team, my, my opinion of Noah's team is that he has the highest ceiling. Oh, he's still, he, they, they still can put up a lot of points. Right, I think he has the highest ceiling, but I do agree that I think his floor is not high. Like, there, he's very, he is still very beatable because his floor is not up. Like, his floor is probably around the sixth-ranked team. So I think teams six to two still have chances to beat him, but his ceiling is above everyone else, which is why I have him at one. So you have him at six. So then who could you possibly have at five? I had Russell at five. Wow. I had Russell at eight. Yeah, I'm at seven. Do you just like teams that don't have running back depth like yourself? Probably. I'm probably biased. Or probably like, yeah, I did that same thing. So why not? What fault the team? I mean, he's got some good players. I mean, he has Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf. You guys put Noah at one with the difference between their points for is like 20 or 30. That's that's like nothing. Um, so I like that he has Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson at any point in time could just start being like a league winner for him. That's just the truth. I DK Metcalf, I think, is very underrated. Just like, I think I should have valued him more also when we were drafting. He has an instant connection with Russell Wilson, who looks like he's going to have an MVP season. And if he's the real number one, that's just that's just so much value there. Raheem was hurt, but with Rumi Garoppolo out, he's just going to be the funnel. Devin Singletary will be able to get his, I feel like. I, his tight end, Travis Kelsey, was the best tight end in the league. Stephen Diggs. Diggs has just been popping off. I don't love his flex, but everything else, I feel like I'm just like liking what he has at every position. I don't disagree with you at all. And like, I've had Russell, I've been trying to put him higher and higher because I like his team a lot, but I expect them to put up so many points every week. And they just let me down like every single week. He has, uh, I don't know what he's doing in points for right now, but he definitely disappointed. Last week, I think he put up a little over a hundred points. And with, like, the big-name firepower of Metcalf, Diggs, Lamar, like, I, and Kelsey, like, I just expect him to put up more, and he just doesn't. So that's why I had him a little lower. I think his team is going to be, like, very hit or miss. I think he's going to blow up and then go down, and he's kind of lucky. I feel like if he has all his down days at a time, so he guarantees a loss, or all his up days, he guarantees wins. Like, the, the, like the top-end potential on one individual week is so high. Okay. That's fair. Fair, fair. All right, who do you have at four? Okay, so once I got to the top four, I basically thought one through four were super close together, and it really didn't really matter too much how you ranked them okay. and make arguments for moving them around. Um, I had you at four, Gilblood. Interesting, interesting. Okay. I have Gilblood at five, but right near there. I had myself at five as well. 
Please tell me how great my team, how scrappy my team is. So I'll put you at four, mainly because you have been getting a lot of points and Aaron Jones is a beast. Like, you just so much value. You didn't lose any value, really, I felt like, like I thought you would have from having Christian McCaffrey on IR. Mike Davis has been doing more than enough to fill in. Um, you also already suffered a bye week and you still have so many points. You lack star power, though. And that makes me worry that you also potentially could have like a bad four happen at any point in time. Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I think people in this podcast are familiar with, I've been describing my team as scrappy. It's a bunch of guys who you don't expect to put up a lot of points, but every week in and week out, ESPN projects them to get nine points and they put up 17 every single week. So at some point ESPN is going to catch up to them. And, and I, I mentioned this, I don't remember if this was on during the show or pre-show, but if you go off of averages, my team is like averaging a ton of points. Like Kenny Galladay just came back, has had two back-to-back plus 15-point performances. Jameson Crowder has, I think, has a 17 and a 20-point performance. Tyler Boyd post-week one has been doing very well. So I'm very content with my team right now. I think I do have the lowest ceiling of the of the teams like that are in those top four, top five spots. But I think my floor is relatively high compared to a lot of those teams as well. Yeah. I mean, Scott, I agree. I mean, I agree with both of you. Um, Scott hit the nail on the head though, by saying that there's not like the star power. Um, I mean, aside from Aaron Jones, like Galladay's good, but Aaron Jones is like that one guy who, you know, well, I guess then, uh, McCaffrey. Right. I mean, yeah, right. Right. Well, when he's back, so you're two running backs, but outside of them, there's nothing that just like pops off the page for me. Um, but I've said that and you keep putting up 130 points. So I felt I needed to move you up and give you some more credit this week. So that's why I had you at five. He's and he's has over 600 points against. So right. yeah, I would make that very clear too. I have 600 points against Whoever, who is the least amount of points against, that would be my brother who has 440. So, like, I, I'm getting a ridiculous amount of points scored. I mean, the, the two games I've lost were to Coniglia, who scored the most points that week with, like, 170, and then you with 190. And both of those times I put up 130 or, like, 135. So, like, at no point was I – like, my games have not – I've not been disappointed with how my team – like, at no point was I, like, man, I wish my team had scored 70 more points – but I've also have not been like, man, my team should have like, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it has, it's been out of my control. All right, Scott, who do you have next? I have Wyatt. Yeah. I, I actually, I bumped down Wyatt to three as well. I have him at four, but go ahead. Uh, he just doesn't have as much many points as I would expect from uh, out of the top teams. That was a big driving factor for this because I always remembered he had like Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's just on a tear and he had like Hopkins and Cook and Gordon and like all these things are good. But then I kind of look into his like flex in other areas and it for like all, like one of the top teams it just could be better like Gallup hasn't been performing as well. CeeDee Lamb's been getting a lot of it. And I think he's just always is going to have, like, a tough decision to make. And he's got to make the right ones. And if he does, he'll be, like, the top team. But if he doesn't, he's just going to be where he is. So the trend I'm picking up on is you don't like teams that have to make decisions. If you have to make decisions and you could justify any of them and it feels arbitrary, you're, like, gambling more. So it's like Murphy's Law. When it's, like, easier to know, like, I can't not play this person because they're that good. Mm-hmm. That could be a really good situation, especially if you're valuing that highly. Like, this is good, and it's good because I can't make the wrong decision. Right. I think he needs to make the right decision, and that's what hurts. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. All right, so who's your two? I'd be Canelo. Oh, Scott. Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he definitely. Where is I going to say about Caniglio's team? I have Caniglio at two as well. Yep, I have him at two as well. So, for starters, I appreciate the team name. 
got to be a factor. Dak has been on absolute tear because of how bad the Cowboys' defense is. While I do think, like, their offense will probably eventually put up slightly less points by potentially going more run-heavy, he then has Zeke, who will just benefit from that scenario. So the Cowboys are going to be forced to always put up a ton of points, and having anything with those offenses is good. Um, Kareem Hunt is going to have a ton of value because he basically had Nick Trump's perfect backup. Um, Hunter Henry's been doing well. I do think his wide receivers could be better, especially the depth behind his starting. I think his starting unit is good enough, and with the other qualities of his team, just like makes him kind of like won a lot of games. But if he has to like, if Kareem Hunt gets hurt, his team takes a huge knock, or if he gets hurt, his team takes a huge knock. His wide receivers doesn't have a lot of depth for either, which is risky, yeah. but his upside is there. That's something we said, I think, all season, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, about Steven's team is that he has one of the strongest starting lineups and has been very lucky that the injury bug hasn't hurt him. It's obviously about, you know, he's starting to feel some injuries, Nick Chubb getting hurt. But fortunately, he had the backup. He hasn't really gotten hit with the injury bug like a lot of other teams in our league, and that's kind of kept him alive. I think what's pretty crazy about his team is that with Dak throwing for 400 to 500 yards every single game, Zeke is still the number four running back right now, which I don't even get how that's possible. And also Kareem Hunt, who has been a backup until I guess last week, is the seventh ranked running back in fantasy football. So I think that's pretty crazy. Um, and Kiniglio, even though he's experiencing the injuries now, he's fighting through it and he's doing a great job. <laughs> he doesn't even, I don't think his team actually experiences a drop off all that much from Nick Chubb. No. Honestly, so, if anything, it, it, Scott, you knowing your rationale about not having to decide who to play, it probably <laughs> makes his life easier because now he doesn't have to play Hunt and Chubb. He just has to play Green Hunt. It's a perfect lineup. He doesn't have to make a decision. It's obvious. No. You, can't, you can't make the wrong one. So I value that highly. And so that leaves us with numero uno, which unfortunately I guess you will be saying is... Solid. It's a tough one, Solid. This was the most points. It's not even like that close. Um, he has like benefited from not having a lot of points against at all, but it wouldn't have mattered. Like the only things I'm worried most though are the health of like your running backs. But you've had Rodgers and Adams, and they're just doing so well. Like I do like all your receivers, and like your starting lineup is just good. And I feel like if you had to sub people in, I also feel like they could perform when needed. And you know, Burrow just to back up Rogers, that's just unfair. Like your starting lineup now doesn't look bad at all, and you're missing like key studs. Yeah, I mean, I think I well, I had myself at three. I didn't want to put myself too high, but I appreciate being number one. So thank you, Scott. Um, but I think Rogers is he's in any other year, he'd be the MVP for how he's played so far. And the fact that I've had Devontae Adams, who had an amazing week one, got hurt. Then I played Alan Lazard, who had an amazing week three. I think it was week three. Got hurt. And then I picked up Tanyan, who had an amazing week four. Rodgers, he gives no fucks. If you're a Packer and you can catch, he's going to throw it to you and he's going to have four touchdowns. So I think I've benefited a lot from that. And I agree that I'm worried about my running back health. Uh, situations but if they can both stay healthy they've shown that they can produce and uh, I'm excited yeah no I you, you put up a lot of points kudos to you that's all I could say so that's our power rankings Scott I appreciate you having such a great list and not only having a great list but you brought up some very good points this time as well along with the list so thank you for doing that again before we move on to our predictions for the week just want to take a quick snapshot of the standings. So in the former champs division, you have Siler and Coniglio both sitting at three and one with Siler with slightly more points for than Coniglio, giving him the first place spot. But you also have Coral sitting at two and two. So a really, really tight race right there. One game back from the top two teams there in the empty trophy case division, you have Wyatt with a one game lead going three and one Scott still in the race at one and three and my brother at two and two. 
In the two champs plus Dane division, you have Russell and I both tied at two and two. I have the point fleet over him, which is giving me first place. Dane sitting at 0 and four, but again, he's only two games back. So there's still plenty of room to make up for it. And in the lead division, we have now Noah in first place at three and one, Lee sitting at two and two, and Nate at one and three. Who do you got? I mean, anything in that that it's a little too early to tell. And like we say, we say on the podcast, you really need eight wins to get to the, to the, to the playoffs. So every team still has an opportunity to hit that eight win mark. I mean, I hate being in the division that I'm in right now. We have the number one scoring team, the number two scoring team and the number five scoring team. Uh, and we have to play each other twice throughout the year. Caniglio is playing Corals for the second time already this week. So I am not happy that I am in the former champs division. Scott, you must be happy about being in your division. I feel like you, even though you're sitting at one and three, Wyatt's team, I does, I do, I does think, I do think while we do rate him high often, I think he has the lowest ceiling. Uh, I guess I said that about myself. I think he has the lowest floor of the top teams. I think he has a really solid ceiling, but his floor is a lot lower. So that gives you and Brian some opportunities to overtake him. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that's possible. I think you have to see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, definitely, if you start one and three, it's not really good for me. Um, Brian's team already kind of going through the injury bug is very concerning for him. Yeah, and I also, I didn't even realize that the game was on right now. So I was looking at the matchups for this week, and I saw, I was like, how does the Bears defense have three points right now? And that would be because it looks like Tampa Bay got some kind of turnover because they have 13 it uh, looks like they have, I don't know what they have. But anyway, let's go into this week's matchups. Scott, Scott, the way this works. So we're keeping a tally on our end of how our guests pick compared to us. Right now, Siler and I are pretty much neck and neck. I'm um, 14 and 13. He's 13 and 14. Is, I, I'm doing 14 and 10 and 13. Yeah. I'm 13 top of my head. Uh, Wells did a fantastic job last week. What do you want? He went five and one. Five and one. Five and one. So, Scott, that's a, some big shoes to fill. I know you have pretty small feet, so hopefully you're able to fill them. <laughs> uh, so, you do, don't you? What size shoe do you wear? I don't know, like a nine. I don't have very big feet, but still. That's pretty small. I mean, I, I wear a 12 for reference, so that's – nine is pretty tiny in comparison. But I, I digress. First matchup we have, and we could talk about this, I guess it's us here. Scott, you have you against me. You right now are a, what would that be, a 12-point favorite? No, a 16-point favorite. Again, my team is always projected to get around 105, 106 points, and I always get 130. You have to be a little bit nervous about this Titans game. I'm going to be going with myself at this one. Um, You make up a lot of good points, but at the same time, your team is at, like the weakest it's going to be with Aaron Jones on a bye and Kenny Galladay. Like, right now, the Titans game, they moved to Tuesday. Um, I still doubt it's going to be played. But even then, I feel like I can win. I don't know how well Big, Big Ben's going to play. Le'Veon Bell's going back from injury. Mike Davis could easily not as perform as well. Your team? Yeah, I mean, Scott, that's such a – I mean, those, those lines, I could just be like, oh, Adam Thielen might not do well, and – Cooper Cup might not do well, and Sean Watson might not do well. No, but it's like <laughs> you said they might not do well. They might do well. When I look at your team, the fact is I rank you highly because you're scoring highly, and that's the reality. That's the, but that's like, the danger. I just don't believe in these players repeating these performances. That's the danger. On a week basis, I believe you can have a low, and this could be that low, and I need it to be so I can have a victory this week. I'm going with myself. I think that's, that's the scary thing with my team is that there and i i've been hearing people in the streets and i've had co- users you know listeners have been commenting saying i have a scrappy team and i think that's what makes them so scary is that they really put you they give they almost make you too relaxed when you play them and that's when they strike it's a trap game every week um <laughs> trap game no but so scott i do like your team in this but to be consistent and you are my pick to win the game i have to pick gelblatt here um Right. You just said you're his pick. You're you're his pick to win the game, right? And as long as I keep picking against him, then he will keep winning. So I'm going to pick you this week. But I think you might have just jinxed him by saying that you think he's going to win anyway. I think any mention of Scott winning might be. We'll learn this week, obviously, with what happens. But how it works, it's unfortunate. <laughs> 
Next up, we have Dane against Russell. Dane, a or sorry, Russell is a an eighteen point favorite. I really want to know is is Michael Thomas supposed to be playing? Does he have him in his lineup? He does have him in his lineup. I I I'm going with my gut here. I'm going to go with Dane. I think Russell. I don't know. I, I think the same feeling you get about my team, Scott, is the feeling I get about Russell's team, and I think Dane can can possibly beat him. So for me, yep. I, I I favor Russell on this one. Um, there are, I do have some similarities to your team where there's certain players I just don't believe in, but he has a few players. I it's more like if they won't pop off, like. It's more often than not someone like Lamar Jackson's gonna put up more points, I feel like. And he can he can win this one. Yeah, I have to go with Russell also. I I don't know if Michael Thomas is officially active, but I think New Orleans has a bye next week, so they might opt to play it safe with him. I'm not sure. But regardless of if he plays or not, Russell's team is just better, and I'm gonna go with Russell. Okay. Next up we have Lee against Nate. Lee is a 16-point favorite. I think we're all riding the Lee hype train here, and I'm, I'm jumping on board. Choo-choo! Going Lee. What was the line? What was the, Oh, my God. What was the line? Take a chance on Lee. <laughs> we have not been the doing that. The is very best. That ain't no lie. It's been a disservice to all listeners of the podcast that we have not been doing that so far. We will continue to do that going forward. I'm taking a chance on Lee. Oh, I agree. I don't think I'm taking a chance on Lee. I think he's heavily favored. Wow. So you're going with you're going with Nate. No, Lee. Oh. You said you're not taking a chance on Lee. No, sorry. I'm not I'm I'm not taking a chance on him. I think he's heavily favored. I don't think it's taking a chance. I think he has a way better team. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so we got Lee. Siler. Uh, take a chance on Lee. We have a unanimous Lee taking a chance on Lee. Wow. So, our, let us down. our next matchup of the week, which I guess will be our Ravens Chiefs matchup. We have two three and one powerhouses, Noah against Siler. Noah right now is a, what would that be? A seven point favorites, even though I guess that's coming from Chicago defense with currently having three points. I am going to be going with Noah on this one, Siler. I think we start seeing the fall of Siler after a big performance last week. Um, I am also going to go with Noah. I think it's unfortunate that the one week that I'm not playing Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow has to play against the Baltimore Ravens, which does not bode that well. Um, and I do have some key bye weeks coupled with um, Noah, in my opinion, having the strongest team in the league. So I am – and Lockett against the Vikings is a sure 25-plus points. So I am going to go with Noah. I'm also going to go with Noah, mainly because you are missing key pieces on your team. Noah would like to beat Noah's team, especially – given the matchups this week. Um, I actually like just Noah's team overall this week. Yeah, no, he's got a, I, I think I think we over it's an unanimous Noah vote as well. This is a weird matchup. I feel weird doing the projections. Brian against Wyatt. Right now, Brian's only projected to get 78 points, but he is missing, I think, two players. How many people do you start? Nine, yeah. So he's missing two. He has two people that are yet to play that are not in there. So I don't know what total projections are. I think we should move forward, assuming the Titans game does happen, in which case he would have Josh Allen playing along with uh, the Buffalo defense. I will be going with, I think I'm going to go with Brian with this one. I I think he, oh, mm, Julio doesn't play. Uh, I'm changing my mind. I'm going Wyatt. All right, Scott. Uh, I also am going Wyatt this week. I really don't think the there's a strong possibility that like the Titans Bulls game is not happening and Julio might not play and I don't think he has the, the depth to overcome that. At least against Wide's team. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm also going to go with Wyatt, but I think an interesting point is that I'm looking on Brian's IR slot, and it looks like Leonard Fournette is playing today. So I don't know if that means that he is unable to make any transactions for the week because he didn't deactivate or drop someone. So that's his fault. and that's that's uh, that's a managerial mistake so brian definitely based on that too i'm going wyatt you know what this is on me too guys i'm really sorry about this i should have i had the matchup thing here and i wasn't even going over them so let's quickly just recap you have myself against scott and historically just for reference scott is actually seven and six over me in matchups i do have the current streak beating him last year 119 to 78 Next up, we had who was who was the next game we talked about? I think it was uh, Dane and Russell. Who we have Dane? Let's go, Russell Gambardella against Dane. Where is Dane's team? Right over here. Where is it? There we go. Uh, Russell is five and three against Dane historically. Currently on a two-game winning streak. And then we had who? We had Russ. Uh, who was Lee again? Lee and Nate. Lee, Nate, it actually tied five and five with Lee, with Nate, sorry, on the current win streak, beating him last year, 103 to 74. Then we had Siler, who were you playing against? Uh, Noah. Siler against Noah. This will be a good historical matchup. Siler, 12 and eight against Noah, current one game winning streak last year, beating him 134.8 to 133.5. So Noah's team has got I beat be Noah wild. with Lamar Jackson and Michael Thomas with my team last year. That's wild. I went, I was in a little, little tangent on this. I was, Noah is currently trying to become a, not becoming a streamer, but doing streaming as a, a side hobby. And one of the things he talks about in his about me is that he likes talking about fantasy football advice. So I went into his chat asking about, before our draft where I should draft if I should draft Lamar Jackson first overall because I can't imagine anyone last year having him and not making it to the championships (laughs) he was thrilled about that savage (laughs) we have also my brother Brian Gelblatt against Wyatt Maxwell Williams so Wyatt against Brian Uh, Brian is winning that series he's up six to four and then our last game is Coniglio against Corals. Pull that up real quick. Corals and Coniglio. Coniglio is up in that series five to four on a two-game win streak. Having already played them, winning last time 163 to 136. He's projected right now to win by 27 points. I will have to go with Steven in this one. Scott? I'm highly biased by looking at what's currently happening. Um, it's not really my, I, I feel like the, what's happened so far is not influential. Uh, that's true. What? Okay. I probably would go with Caniglio here. Um, I, it's, the Cowboys offense against the Giants defense, and that's just going to score him a ton of points. <laughs> um, if I'm being realistic, that's pretty much what just scores him a ton of points every week. I agree. Yeah, I'm going to go with Caniglio also. His, I mean, we ranked him as the second best team in the league, and I still feel that way, so I'm going Caniglio. All right. Those are our projections. Scott, again, thank you for joining the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. You brought some good stuff to the conversation. Hopefully we get some Titans football rise up and nothing, no hiccups in our league. Until next week, I'm your host, Andrew Gelblatt, and co-host Andrew Seiler, current Sacco. Seiler, any last words? God, I hope this game is played on Tuesday. I think we all do. I think we all do. Have a good week, everyone. Oh, thank you.